All right. Well, hello. Thanks for joining us. I'm Max Chatsko, joined by my fellow lead advisor here at 7 Investing, Dan Klein. And this is uh, today's episode or little edition of our market focus. So we take a daily look at a big stock market story. So I'm going to be uh, hosting here today because this is really Dan's area, um, retail, entertainment, things of that nature. And um, so we're going to talk about some big news and maybe some surprising news. And that's some good news for malls. So Simon Property Group has said that sales at their malls have returned to pre-pandemic levels in June 2021. Uh, so CEO David Simon said that the retail sales at the company's properties during June were comparable to June 2019 levels and up 80% from a year earlier. So that's not too surprising, given uh, you know, we were kind of in the throes of the pandemic in June 2020. Um, but, you know, Dan, what are, you, what are your thoughts here? This is, uh, is this surprising? No, no, this isn't surprising at all. So mall traffic actually returned to pre-pandemic normals uh, norms briefly around Christmas time. And that's because it's the holidays. At some point, you just don't have all the presents you need. Uh, virus be damned, you're going to the mall. And, and, and people did. Now, right now, there's a lot of pent-up buying demand. I'm actually surprised that sales haven't exceeded previous levels. Because I think one of the big things we get wrong is that people don't like to go shopping, that somehow people don't want to go to the mall. Now, there's a difference between mall traffic and mall spending. There were a lot of times during the pandemic where I went to the mall and things I would normally buy, like, I don't know, work clothes, uh, were just not things I needed. So I didn't spend as much. My son wasn't physically in school for some of this. Uh, but let's separate. Let's look at that there's two types of malls. There's Simon Malls, there's Brookfield Property Malls. Uh, there are some upscale outlets that are not Simon. The name is escaping me at the moment. Apologies for that. Um, and those are the A-list malls. A-list malls are going to do really well. The malls that aren't going to do well are these second-tier malls. If you go to a mall, Max, and there's, like, local restaurants that aren't good in the food court, and, like, 60% of the stores sell either cell phone cases or hats, uh, those malls are going to suffer. But the big malls are reinventing themselves, and there's still a demand. The mall isn't just about shopping. It's actually something to do. So I've never bought into the bear argument on malls. I think teenagers are always going to want to congregate in malls. I think people are always going to want to be like, hey, what am I doing Saturday afternoon? I'm going to walk around somewhere for a while. Uh, and that's sort of where it stands. Like, I, I am bullish. I thought it would happen sooner. I think there will be some bumps. Obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see some... Uh, you know, wonky traffic based on, on COVID spikes and things like that. But we're heading towards a really large back to school year, especially because, hey, a lot of kids didn't have to buy a lot of new clothes last year. And this year, they're absolutely going to be doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, we hear that argument a lot about, well, e-commerce and uh, everyone's just going to buy everything online now. And um, it's kind of analogous, I think, to like the, uh, uh, the cord cutting, you know, doom and gloom that's out there as well. That's a totally different conversation, but somewhat related. Well, yeah. um, so I actually, oh, go ahead. Let's make that analogy. So here's the difference. Cord cutting is going to cross 50% at some point. It's, it's, it's not anywhere near there. But the reality is there are cheaper ways to get cable that are cable-like. So why would I you know, pay Comcast $160 when I could get most of what I want on Sling TV for $35 and supplement that uh, you know, with Netflix or whatever it is? With the mall, sure, you can get most 
items via Amazon uh, or other online purveyors, but you don't have that experience. Look, there's a value to going and looking at a bunch of clothes. And sure, someday there'll be more of a virtual try-on through Amazon or through through Macy's or whoever it is. But the reality is, is a mall is entertainment. It's fun to go. Like, you know, who doesn't want to have lunch in the food court where you don't have to fight with your family about what you're going to eat because everyone can get something else different? Who doesn't want to, you know, justify drinking bubble tea on a Saturday, uh, which is I, I didn't do because the line was long, but I was at the mall and I intended to do that. I am very bullish on Simon Property Group uh, and to appoint Brookfield Asset Management because they've been very aggressive in managing their own malls and basically saying, okay, certain retailers aren't going to make it. Well, why did those retailers not make it? For the most part, they didn't make it for cash reasons that have nothing to do with their sales. It was either leveraged buyouts or, or heavy debt taken against the company. And when you boil down the actual operations of, say, like a Brooks Brothers, which is a company that, that Simon and Brookfield sort of bought out of, uh, out of bankruptcy, the actual operations can be run profitably. So do you want mall companies taking over every store in the mall? Absolutely not. But you want them to say, okay, this store died for reasons that aren't people don't care about its product. This store, if you strip away some of the bad management, might have been successful. So I think we've really had a false narrative on malls for a very long time. And look, cord cutting might eventually mean the end of cable as we know it. It's already starting to mean that certain niche channels uh, either can't spend as much on content or are going to disappear. I mean, remember the days when VH1 had a full slate of new programming? That's certainly not true anymore. Uh, whereas I do think with malls, a-list malls are going to be destinations. They're going to be shopping theme parks that, you know, give you a reason to go there. So from an investable point of view, a lot of money is going to be spent. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of development that needs to be done. But I remain encouraged that, you know, digital shopping, which is something like 14% pre-pandemic, it's less than that. It's like 13.8% of all shopping. I don't think it's ever going to top 25%. And I don't know that it's ever going to top 20% uh, because look, there's just a lot of things we want to buy in person. I'm not so sure I want to buy a suit online. In fact, the two times I've done that, it's ended up with me throwing away the suit. Um, so I am, again, I think there's a lot of reasons to shop in person, and I don't think those are going to change anytime soon. You know, that's that's saying a lot from the guy who told me that he buys spices from Amazon.com sometimes. So um, I was actually at a, uh, a mall. It's not really, it's like a higher end mall. I kind of live nearby, um, but it's in like a nicer part of Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, it was, this was last month and, uh, you know, tons of people there. There's like a movie theater, there's high end restaurants. Um, and it's kind of always been that way, at least before the pandemic it was, but is what we're seeing now, is this part of a long-term recovery? Is this just like people are excited to get back out in, in the summer because they couldn't do that last year? I mean, what, what's going on here, Dan? So it's both. I think long-term malls are changing, and we can talk about how a little bit later. In the short term, yeah, I think there's absolutely some pent-up demand. It was really, really hot here. I, I live in West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, and I got up very early on the weekend and took a walk. And when I came back, my wife said, I think I want to go to the mall today because I don't know that I can take a walk outside uh, in the conditions. And she was right. It was it was unbearable to be out there. Uh, did we buy a lot? No. She bought something. Uh, I, I got a chair massage at the mall. I got a coffee at Starbucks, or to be fair, maybe it was, uh, it was a green tea or something. Um, you know, my son ate at the food court. But I do think, uh, you know, we are going to go to malls, but what malls are and what's in them has to change because, uh, Max, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but things have not been going well for JCPenney and Sears. Uh, and to a lesser extent, I think you can question whether Macy's is long-term viable, though their balance sheet gives them some time to figure that 
that out. Dillard's has a really strong balance sheet, but I don't think they have a great customer base. So a lot of the traditional stores that anchored malls maybe aren't going to exist anymore. And that does mean you're going to see some changes in the industry. Um, and what makes up a mall is going to look very different. So what's that going to mean? You're going to see things like expanded food courts. Like I like going to the mall because I can have, you know, I don't know, pho or, or, or chicken teriyaki and my son can get Sparrow. No, no person should be eating Sparrow, but if he wants to do that and I don't have to eat there, that's fine. You're going to see increasing cosmetical spaces. I, I know, Max, you're too young to worry about this, but, you know, if I need to get Botox or, uh, or, or have fat melted off or whatever it might be, that's already moving into the mall. You're going to see more of that. You're going to see uh, an extension of that. In places where cannabis is legal, you might see uh, high-end cannabis stores. You might not, because there might be rules about mixing them with where children are. But in some markets, you'll see that. You're going to see event spaces. That might be a community event spaces. That might be better use of uh, where you get your picture taken with the Easter Bunny and using it year-round. Here, here's a little tip, everybody. If you don't have a kid with you, don't get your picture taken with the Easter Bunny. He does not like that. You're going to see things like co-working spaces. Well, why co-working spaces? Because, hey, I go to my co-work for, for the full day or part of the day, and I have three different places I can get coffee. I have 10 different options for lunch. Uh, I have a whole bunch of different nice restaurants I could take business uh, associates to. You're going to see hotels uh, for the same reason. If I'm staying in a hotel, isn't it really nice to be able to just like go downstairs and eat at like 17 different restaurants and shop? Like I know that often in Vegas, I will make a point of staying with at one of the Caesars properties that's attached to a to a mall. So, you know, why? Because I know I'm going to forget something. You're also seeing condos. The upscale mall here in Boca near me is knocking down the Sears, or it's probably done already, uh, and they are, are adding condos. Well, why? You add 400 luxury people living uh, at the mall, and all of a sudden, those are people that are propping up the restaurants that are that are helping those stores. Might justify the next one, which is putting in a gym. You're seeing high-end gyms. Well, why is that? Well, malls have a lot of parking, uh, and gyms tend to be busy in hours that malls are not. Uh, so early in the morning at other times, and maybe you're going to go to the gym and after realize, oh, God, I got to go to Lululemon and buy some new uh, yoga pants or whatever it might be. You're also going to see destination entertainment. So, you know, things like uh, theme park-like uh, attractions or roller coasters or ice skating rinks. Uh, I was in a mall in Houston uh, when, I, when I first met with uh, our boss, Simon Erickson. There was an ice skating rink in it surrounded by a really elaborate food court. Those things are draws. You're also going to see grocery stores. Well, why is that? When you have these big, giant spaces, they're tailor-made for grocery stores. And of course, the last one, and this is important, is you're going to see distribution centers. You are absolutely going to see some of these Sears and JCPenney and other large uh, spaces just kind of break off from the mall, and they might become Amazon distribution centers. Now, do I want to see the front of those have an Amazon four-star, which is a really awesome store, or an Amazon Go convenience store or whatever it might be. Yes, I don't know that that will happen, but you're going to see really smart location-based changes. And Simon has been on the forefront of figuring out what makes sense at each mall location. We've got about four minutes. So Matt, I'll let you take this wherever you like. Yeah, so that's great news for my gene editing kiosk idea. Terrible news <laughs> for my Easter plans. Thanks for ruining those, Dan. So if we want to bring this back to Simon Property Group specifically, um, you know, how is this traffic resurgence going to impact them in the short term, in the medium term, in the long term um, for this specific company? 
so it gives them a little bit of leverage when it comes to negotiating leases. I think one of the things I've noticed in malls really over the last, it goes back to a year or two before the pandemic, is even pretty strong malls that had competition from strong malls had to be more open to short-term leases or uh, the, one of the outdoor malls near us when we lived in West Hartford, Connecticut, uh, would go to some successful local businesses and ask them to open up sort of an outpost at the mall uh, and, and sort of do it on a one-year basis where they'd look at the financials and at the end of that year, they'd decide if it made sense to continue, if everybody could make money. I know that the uh, the nice mall we go to in Wellington Green here in Florida, when the Starbucks Tivana closed, they let a local tea place open. And I'm not so sure deals like that are at the traditional Simon Mall friendly, uh, you know, very, very onerous rents. So the more, the less space there is in a mall, the better the traffic is, the more leverage the mall has. And I, I think there's also going to be a, a pretty significant increase in digital first brands opening up mall spaces. I mean, something like a Warby Parker needs some physical presence. Untuck it, Third Love. Uh, you've seen Casper mattresses. I've got one of those in an outdoor mall near me. They're not going to open thousands of stores, but they are going to open a hundreds. You're also going to see some of those uh, go into store within a store concepts. Uh, we've seen that with Tonal, the very high end, it's about a $3,000 or $4,000 exercise machine, have gone into a bunch of, I think, Lord & Taylors. So it's an evolution, but having higher vacancy rates gives Simon Property Group much more leverage here. we got about two minutes left if you want to ask me one last question. Yeah, so how does this affect, you know, this is for like the higher end malls, the ones that are better run, um, you know, just touch on how does this maybe affect some of those uh, middling malls, uh, the ones that are struggling? Are they going to have to, um, do they have any room to maneuver in, no, in response? they're going to die. So <laughs> the best tenants at those malls, like there is a really struggling mall in Boynton Beach, maybe like 15 minutes from me, but there's a Buca, a Buca de Beppo there. Well, that restaurant might move to a nice strip mall or to another mall. There's a really good comics and card shop there that will certainly find another home, another place. That's actually going to strengthen the stronger malls. So like something like a GameStop that has a location in every mall and has realized it doesn't need to do that has short-term leases. They're just going to close them. Uh, you know, you're already seeing like your C-level Macy's close in most situations. So, no, I don't think there's much of a path forward for, for B and C tier malls unless they're in rural areas where they're, they're meeting a real need. Uh, you know, in that case, maybe. But for the most part, this is going to be a strong get stronger. And, you know, this is going to benefit, uh, you know, Simon very strongly. This is going to benefit, um, dear God, the other outlet company. I can't believe I keep forgetting their name. I think, it, I think it's Tanger, Tanger Outlets. Uh, Tanger Outlets. This is going to benefit Tanger Outlets and Simon, uh, especially because people really love outdoor malls. I've talked for 15 minutes here, Max. I don't think we doubted that I could do that. No, I never doubted you, Dan. Um, well, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, all right, we recap. Uh, the retail apocalypse is maybe a bit overstated. Um, the battle lines have been drawn, and this is really going to be much better news for higher-end retail and higher-end malls, and uh, maybe not so good news for everybody else. So thanks for joining us on this edition of the 7 Investing Market Focus. I'm Max Chatsko, Dan Klein. We'll see you next time. A reminder that people on this program may hold positions in the companies that are mentioned. Buying and selling stock carries financial risk, which could include the loss of capital. 
The views in this program should not be taken as personalized advice. Before acting on any of the information provided, listeners are encouraged to consult a financial or tax professional.